Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within. Upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just Well, praise the Lord. Kirk, there's still room up here for you, man. All right? I just, just want you to know that. Take your Bibles with me. Turn them over to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 2. 1 Thessalonians in chapter number 2. Praise the Lord. For his word. Amen? Man, you, i got to tell you, a lot of you folks are sitting in the wrong places today. I'm looking out, and you guys are just not sitting where you normally sit. So you're throwing me off right off the bat. I'm telling you right now. And so you'll have to forgive me, Diane, you're, you're supposed to be over there, Roger, you're supposed to be back. I mean, come on now, folks, take it easy here. Moving around like that, you'd almost think you want to meet new people. First Thessalonians in chapter 2, let's go ahead and stand together in reverence to the Word of God. We're going to read um, 11 verses from this chapter, beginning with verse number 10. First Thessalonians in chapter 2, start with verse 10. The Bible says, ye are witnesses, and God also how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father doth his children, that you would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively, uh, effectually worketh also in you that believe. Verse 14, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins alway, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Verse 19. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye 
in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. For ye are our glory and joy. Let's pray. Father, come to you this morning. And God, I ask you for your, your power, Father, that the Holy Spirit of God would come down and Lord would meet with us today. And Father, that is your promise where two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are in the midst of them. Now, Father, I pray that you would give me your understanding and your thoughts. Lord, I pray that I would hide myself behind the cross and behind, behind the Savior. Father, I pray that uh, the words that I would speak today would be the very same words that if Jesus Christ were standing in this spot, uh, Father, I pray those words would come out of my mouth. Father, I pray that as the words go forth, I pray that they would uh, touch the ears of the hearers. And Father, you'd work and, and Father, do as you see fit with them. Lord, there's no way that one man can effectively reach this congregation. But, Father, there is a God in heaven who can. And I pray that today, this morning, that every heart would leave this place, Father, with a truth that, that burns deep within them. And, Father, something that they can apply to their lives. Now, Lord, I ask and I pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Keep your Bibles open there. We got offering. Thank you, Brother Dahl. Good. We'll take up an offering right after the message uh, for Matt and Heather, and uh, uh, they're going to Argentina, and we'll do that. But 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 2. Just want to real briefly here jump into some things. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 2. The Bible says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Go with me to chapter 3 and verse number 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 9. It says, For what thanks can we render to God again for you, for all the joy wherewith we joy for your sakes before our God, night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Then go with me another page over to 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1. I know, I'm making you use your Bible on a Sunday morning. How dare I, amen? Second, we're in church, though. It's okay. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Paul is writing in these two books to the church that is at Thessalonica. This church was a church that, like Paul, had suffered persecution for their stand and for their beliefs. They had, Paul had come to that church. It's one of the churches he had planted as a missionary in Asia. And this church had, had burst upon the scene and was mighty in word and deed. And it was doing something as far as God was concerned. And, and what a blessing. But this church was beginning to suffer some persecution. And, and was going through a difficult time. Now, one thing I want to point out right off the bat is that Paul desired this church and these people to know that he was thankful for them. And not only that, but he also wanted them to know that they were his glory and his joy. There were some things here that 
needed to be addressed. And if you read the book of First and Second Thessalonians, you'll find that out. The Apostle Paul had to address some issues that had come forth. One was that the Thessalonians were afraid that they had missed the rapture of the church. They were terrified of that. And so that, that, that these were, there were things that had to be addressed. Some Christian lifestyle issues had to be addressed. And you'll find that in First Thessalonians in chapter 4. And he talks about how to maintain our testimonies and so on and how important that is. And he was talking about the the the, for, the the forwardness and the lewdness of that present day. And good night, doesn't that apply to today? And how, how filthy and perverse our society has become when it comes to, to sexual matters. And he handles that in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. And he does it wonderfully and handles that. But, but the thing that really touched my heart as I was reading these two books was how lovingly and how gracious he felt toward these people. In fact, if you go to verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2, he talks about how he was gentle among them as a nurse cherishes her own children. He loved these people. He cared for them. He was thankful for them. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to jump all the way to the book of Genesis now. And I want to give you another Bible story, and then I'm just going to make some applications this morning. This is not my, a normal Sunday morning message for me. Um, I've been coming after some things here, so to speak, the last few weeks. But this is something the Lord really impressed upon my heart as I was studying and reading this week. Genesis in chapter 40. Genesis in chapter 40. And we pick up a story about a man named Joseph. Joseph is an unbelievable type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph suffered was betrayed by his own family, by his brothers, was sold into slavery. He was lied about. He was slandered. He was maliciously thrown into prison. But Joseph, in the last days, so to speak, was raised up to great authority, to great power, and he saved his people. But in Genesis chapter 40, we pick up the story of Joseph as he's in prison. He's been imprisoned wrongfully, he had a married woman lie about him. She claimed that he tried to rape her, and her husband believed the story and had him thrown into prison. In prison, he becomes the warden of the jail, for lack of a better term. He's still a prisoner, but he's given free access to everybody and everything. And he meets two men. One is the chief butler for the king of Egypt, for Pharaoh. The other is the chief baker. On one night, those two men have dreams. They're troubled by them. Joseph interprets their dreams. He tells the butler that he will be restored to his place of service. He tells the chief baker that he will be killed and put to death. And he, those dreams are fulfilled. Joseph's interpretations of them are accurate. In verse 23 of Genesis 40, we find something. And Joseph had asked the butler that he would be remembered. In verse 23, let's go to verse 22. It says, uh, verse 21, And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker 
as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet, did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him? As I was thinking about this principle that we're going to talk about, and it's really just a spirit of thankfulness, I, I, I began to think to myself that we live in a world that is so forgetful. We are so forgetful of others' kindnesses. We are so forgetful of others' work. We're so unappreciative of, of what others have done. We live in a world that is quick to point out how wrong the other guy is. We're quick to point out how hypocritical the other Christian is. And folks, I, I think it's sad. You see, for two years, Joseph sat in a prison cell. He sat in jail because a man that Joseph had helped forgot about him. And as I read 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, my heart was touched. You see, Paul had come to that church, and Paul had started that church. Paul had led those people to the Lord. He had brought the gospel of Jesus Christ to them, and boy, they, they had developed a wonderful bond and a wonderful relationship had been born between these people and this apostle. Paul is now writing to them in his absence. And he writes and he says, I thank my God for you. He says, you are my glory and my joy. And as I was thinking about these two passages, I thought about how typical of our world and even modern day Christianity is that we forget. We forget. And yet the Apostle Paul, he did not forget. He was quick to point out how gracious and how thankful he was for this people. And my friend today, I just want to challenge you with some thoughts concerning this. This week I, I sat down and met with a man who seemed to feel it was his call in life to be critical of a number of people that call themselves Christians. As I walked away from that conversation, I'm going to tell you this, the first thought was how little he truly knew. <laughs> I... Um, I'm always amazed when someone comes into my office and they've got a problem and they pour that problem out and the problem is not their problem that they're carrying, the problem is someone else's problem. I'm always amazed at how little they seem to know. Because I, I can be very honest with you folks, I know a lot about the people of this church and I can honestly probably tell them more about that person's problems. When I'm criticized, it doesn't, there are times when I need to be criticized and so on and so forth, and that's all right. But I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I know in what areas that I lack. In fact, I can share more about those areas if you'd care to know later on. In fact, talk to my wife. She can tell you more than I'd even care to share with you. But folks, I, I, I began to think about the big picture. You see, as human beings, it seems to be our tendency to grab hold of the negative, no matter how small or insignificant, and magnify it to a point where it becomes the end all. The church in Thessalonica was not a perfect church. Do you know how I know that? Because the church in Thessalonica was made up of people just like you and me. I was talking to an older pastor years ago, and he, I was talking to him and getting some counsel. And I said, I said, Pastor, I said, I said, I... It just seems that there's so many problems. He said, Andy, he said, can I tell you this? He said, if you want more problems, he said, get more people. He said, if you want less, pe less problems, get less people. And so I know the church in Thessalonica 
had problems. You know why they had problems? Because, brother, they had people. And yet Paul was gracious, and he said, I'm thankful for you, and I want you to know that I appreciate you. I was talking to Brother Tim Kozlowski yesterday, and Tim is a food salesman for Reinhardt. And Tim, we were chatting something along these lines, but he was telling me about one customer that got one uh, piece of their delivery damaged. It was artichoke dip. Now, if you eat artichoke dip, God bless you. I'm not touching this stuff, all right? It sounds too healthy. But, but uh, it, they had had one thing of artichoke dip damaged. Now, the whole rest of the delivery had come in perfectly fine. And this customer knows that Tim will replace that item without even, without even hesitating. Yet it became a huge issue to that person that one thing of artichoke dip had been damaged. And I got to thinking, that is so like human tendencies. We will find the one thing that irks us, the one problem, and we will magnify it to such a level that it just becomes the end of the world. Brother Moore is downstairs today preaching to our, to our junior age kids. Brother Moore is a state trooper. If he were up here, I would love to ask him how many times he has pulled someone over and come to the door and heard, Officer, you did a good job. I've heard people say, well, why don't you go, why don't you go pick on some real criminals? Sir, you were going 97 in a school zone. It's amazing to me. And, but, but folks, I, and, and I say that because we have such a tendency to jump on things that we perceive as negative, and we have such a tendency to magnify those things and to make much of very little. And what I want to say, though the church in Thessalonica had issues that had to be dealt with, the Apostle Paul, what I tried to show you multiple times, he said, I thank my God for you. He was appreciative of them. And folks, I'm sure this church in Thessalonica appreciated the fact that Paul loved them. I want to say a few things here this morning as far as our lives are concerned and try to make just a few short applications. Number one, we ought to be thankful to our God for our Savior and for what our Savior and what our God has done for us. We live in a culture that is just unthankful, do we not? We do. I mean, folks, we, we are, and I understand, we're critical of, of our nation, and we're critical of things that are taking place, and we should be. But may I say this to you? There are still a lot of people that are alive in our nation who gave us the freedoms and liberties that we hold dear today. You know, we still have the blessing of having some World War II veterans that live in this country. And they're still alive, and they're, they're dying off slowly or more quickly as time goes on. But those men and those women, they were willing to put their lives, to put their, 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 their fortunes on the line to give us the freedom we have today. I've talked to people, and they'll say, well, I'm, not, I'm not thankful to be an American. What's wrong with you? I mean, we, we, we have just seemed to have grown up in a society that has lost the spirit of thankfulness, that has lost the ability to be appreciative. And I'm going to tell you today, boy, as I was reading First Thessalonians, I thought, Paul, you're, 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 you're a master magician when it comes to dealing with people because you're willing to say, hey, I'm thankful for you people. He was willing to tell the church in Corinth, the church that was full of problems, that he was thankful for those people and I'm going to tell you folks today there are times when things need to be said there are times when problems do need to be dealt with but I'm going to tell you this when people know that you're thankful for them and that you appreciate them it'll do so much in their hearts when you come to the real issues of the day and today I just want to ask have you been thankful recently in your personal life to God for his son 
When's the last time you got down on your knees or you sat down and you, in prayer, thank God for Christ? For many of us, may I say, it's not been any time recently. And yet today, many of us in this room, we claim the name of Jesus Christ. We claim that He is our Savior. We claim that we are born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. And may I just segue for a moment, my friend. If you are here today and you are without Jesus Christ and you have never put your faith in the eternal Son of God. And let me say this. When I say faith, I mean faith. I don't mean you say, well, I'm going to be a good guy and I'm going to put money in the offering box and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to help little old ladies across the street and then I'll, I'll believe in Jesus a little bit and those two things together will get me to heaven. Brother, no, no, no. The Bible teaches that you by faith believe in Jesus Christ and that is it. You put all of your eggs in the bushel basket that is named Jesus Christ, so to speak. And understand the importance of that, my friend. If you're sitting here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you don't know that you're lost, my friend, I'm telling you today that without Christ you are lost. And you are a sinner. And you are condemned by God Almighty. And one day, if you stand in front of God without Jesus Christ... The Bible teaches you'll be cast into eternal lake of fire. My friend, if you're here today and you're without the Savior, man, you accept Him today. Lady, if you're here today without the Savior, you accept Him today. But my friend, if you claim the name of Jesus Christ and you do have a point in your life that you can look back at and say, I remember when I got saved, I was, I was 9 years old or I was, I was 47 years old or I was 16 years old and I put my faith in Christ and I got a Savior. Could I ask you, Christian, today, have you thanked God for Christ lately? You say, well, well, you know, he saved me back then. Brother, can I say this? He's going to save you for eternity. Yes, I know he gave you salvation back then, but your salvation today is just as real as it was the day you got saved. And have you or I thanked God and said, God, I just want to take a moment and I want to thank you for sending your son. And I want to thank Jesus for dying on the cross of Calvary and being mocked and being jeered and being scorned and being beaten and being torn to pieces for my sake. When's the last time I just said thank you, Lord? You say, well, uh, 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 God knows my spirit. Brother, when's the last time you said it out loud? I'm weary of a Christianity who says, well, well, God knows my heart. Brother, I'm going to tell you this. The world needs to hear our mouths. The world needs to hear us bow our head and need to hear us pray and thank God for Jesus. Man, husbands, your wives need to, he your wives need to hear you thank God for Jesus. Parents, your kids need to hear you thank God for Jesus. And my friend today, would we be humble enough and willing enough to just look to heaven and say, God, thank you for your son. Thank you for your son. We ought to have a spirit of appreciation for our Savior. And my friend, I could talk about this the rest of the service, and I won't. But have you thanked God for what He's done in your life? You know, some of you, when you got married, you weren't saved. And you know today that if Jesus Christ had not, number one, saved your soul, but number two, brought some wonderful truths and principles in, your marriage would have been obliterated decades ago. Amen? But Jesus Christ came in and He healed a relationship that was flawed from the beginning. Some of you 
you, you grew up in godless homes. You grew up in homes where drugs or, or pornography or alcohol were prevalent. And God has given you a home today where those things are not a part of your home. Do you thank God for that? You say, well, well, pastor, I mean, I, I, again, the, the Lord knows my heart. Have you thanked God for what he's done? I mean, the Bible and Psalms that, that David wrote, he said, he said he has taken my feet out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock, and he's established my goings. And he says he's put a new song in my mouth. And I wonder today, have we sung a new song? Have we lifted up our voices to heaven and said, thank God for what he's done in my life? Once I was a sinner, once I was condemned, once hell was my home, once depression and degradation were what I looked forward to, but he's done something in my life, and he's taken care of me and he's provided for me and he's helped me and he's loved me thank God thank God when's the last time you took a moment and just thanked God for your Savior you say well 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 you know I, I, I don't need to do that yeah you do yeah you do the Bible says in Psalm 100 that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. God said, when you come into my presence properly, you come into my presence lifting my name up. And I wonder today, have we lifted the name of our Savior and the name of our God up? Or have we just sat silently and said, well, well, somebody else will do it. You know, that's just not the way I am. Brother, it ought to be the way we are. And we ought to lift the name of our Savior up. Secondly, let me say this. Thank God for those he has placed in your life. Thank God for those he's placed in your life. The Bible says that he that, whoso that findeth a good wife obtaineth favor of the Lord. Gentlemen, are you thankful for your wives? And has she heard it? <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I'm thankful for that woman. Been there 27 years. I thanked her once on our anniversary, 10 years together. She knows. I know. I know how it works. I'm as guilty as you guys are. But are you thankful for that wife? Are you thankful, are you thankful to her? You say, oh, I'm thankful for her, but are you thankful to her? Do, do, do you go home at night when, she, when she's fixed you dinner and she's worked just as hard as you have, if not harder, amen? I've got three beautiful children, and I'm going to tell you, I would 10,000 times rather spend a day in my office dealing with stressful situations than dealing with three crazy kids at home. Amen? I've tried that a few times, and the gray hairs come quicker. They really do, and I love my children, and they're the best kids that God's ever graced this world with. But i got to tell you, I'm so thankful that my wife, and not only will she fix me dinner, but she'll say, do you want to sit down for a minute? <laughs> i got to be careful I don't abuse that one because that can get you into trouble, all right? Sometimes that's a loaded question. But are you thankful to your wife? Ladies, are you thankful to your husband? Boy, some, some of your husbands, they, they work awful hard to provide a living. Let's, let's face it, this, this day and age we live in, it's, it's not easy to make things go. And if you've got a husband who works hard and does make it go, maybe be thankful to him. Maybe say, thanks, honey, for bringing home the bacon. Thanks for working hard and, and making that money. You say, oh, his job's a, it's just a joke. Anybody could do it, but he does it. Amen? He still goes, and he's still faithful to it, and he still comes home with that check, and it still pays the bills, and it still puts food on the table, and it still pays for the kids' Christian education, and it takes care of those things. And ladies, can I tell you today, are you thankful to him? 
I'm going to tell you right now, ladies, if you want your husband to treat you right, you let that guy know that he's appreciated. Men like to have their egos stroked by their wives. Did, did you know that? No, no, not me. Ladies, if you will tell that guy, he, now don't lie. If he's not doing a good job, don't pretend he's, he is. But, man, if he's doing something right, you tell him he's doing a good job, and you appreciate him. And that fellow, ladies, if you want to be a queen, then make your husband a king. All right? Make him think that he's King Tut, and he's going to put a throne right aside of him, and it's going to be for Mrs. Queen Tut. Okay, get a hold of that. There's a good deep truth there. You say, well, I could just never do that. You've never met the man. I have met the man. I don't like him either, but you married him. <laughs> now, folks, I, I, what I'm trying to tell you, though, here is, is we need to learn to be appreciative. You know, I, 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 I know they're not everything you thought they were the day you married them. I do, all right? My wife has been greatly disappointed in the almost 15 years. Next month is our 15th year anniversary. That's a long time to be married to this man, all right? I promise you that. It really is. I don't know if I could put up with myself that long. My parents, as soon as I graduated, said, go out the door, all right? Praise God and don't come back. I haven't since then. But, man, I, I, I need to be appreciative of that woman. She puts up with a lot. She goes without a lot. You know, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of nights I don't get home for our family time with devotions with the kids, and my wife has to do that on her own. She has to tuck the kids into bed because daddy's taking care of some other people, and he's working with some other people, and he's trying to be a blessing. And my wife does that without complaint, and she does that without asking because she's a good woman. But she needs to hear her husband say, honey, I appreciate that, and I'm thankful for you, and I praise God that he put us together. And I'm going to say this, spouse, when's the last time your spouse heard that from your lips? Parents, be thankful for your children. The Bible says, provoke, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Parents, we can be kind of hard on our kids, and we ought to be, okay? I'm not talking about rules, and I'm not talking about keep making them toe the line. They ought to. But appreciate them. I, I, strug I struggle with my kids being kids. I do. I think my 11-year-old boy ought to be able to think and function and act like I do. And my wife has to remind me sometimes, He's 11. Right? Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, he's 11. She's 7. She's 4. And I, struggle, and I need to learn to be thankful for my children. And I'm going to tell you this. My kids need to know that their daddy loves them and appreciates them and thinks the world of them. Too many of our kids are growing up in a society and they're running to the world for their love. And my friend, the place they ought to run is mama and daddy. They ought to know that mama and daddy are where they are safe and where they are protected and where they are cared for. And sadly, many of our young ladies, especially today, are running into the arms of the world, running into 18-year-old guys' arms, and they're being illicit and immoral because they are not having the type of relationship they should have with their mother and with their father. And kids, while I'm on this subject, let me say this. You ought to be thankful for mama and daddy. We got some kids today who are just downright sicking ungrateful. I mean, just ungrateful. Well, I don't have everything Johnny has. Brother, if you got a mom and a dad that are still in the house, you got something. I'm serious. Let little Johnny have all his technology. Let him have his iPad. 
iPhone 7 and his, his, his Galaxy 4S and his, his, his little iPad Model 27 and let him have all those things. But I'm going to tell you this, little Johnny, if he don't have a daddy at home, he's going to be jealous of you, son, if you got a daddy at home. And it's about time, young people, we be thankful for the parents God has put in our lives. If you got a dad that works and provides for you, young people, you be thankful for that. If you got a mama that loves you and feeds you and puts food on your table and makes your bed, you be thankful for that. I got to tell you, when I moved to college, I finally had to do my own laundry. That is a terrible job. <laughs> my white shirt stopped being white. They took on new colors. I didn't know that before. My mother told me I didn't listen. I mean, it's incredible. And young people, if you've got parents who take care of you and nurture you and put a roof over you, you say, hey, I don't do much for you. If they pay the heat bill and the electric bill, buddy, they're doing a lot for you. I mean it. They could charge you rent. And in some cases, they ought to. But praise God, they're taking care of you. And young people, be thankful. Hey, church, we ought to be thankful for those God has put in our lives. Hey, leaders, we ought to be thankful for the congregation God has put in our lives. We need to learn to be thankful for what God has placed in our lives, the people God's placed around us. We ought to be thankful for our families. We ought to be thankful. You know, if you've got one friend, you are fortunate. I mean that. Be thankful for that. And I'd be pressed to say I think many people in this congregation have far more than one friend. Be thankful for that. You see, folks, we need to learn to thank God for those he's placed in our lives. Man, when Paul came to this church at Thessalonica and said, hey, let me explain some things to you doctrinally. Let me explain some things to you scripturally. I think they said, Paul, teach us. Paul, tell us. Paul, give us what we need because we know that you're thankful for us. That opened their hearts greatly. And my friend today, may we thank God for those he's placed in our lives. Thirdly, this morning, thank God for what others have done for you. We live in a society where all that seems to matter is what have you done for me lately? Yes? We, we, <laughs> we forget the kindnesses of the past. And, and as I was studying this, and this is just in my own personal notes, I keep a personal journal from things that I, that I write down that touch my heart and that God wants me to apply to my life. While I forget the kindnesses of the past, you know what I hold on to? The slights of the past. The slights of the past. Man, I can tell you how Kenny Farron offended me three years ago. But I cannot tell you how Kenny Farron, Kenny Farron was a blessing to me three years ago. Isn't that human nature? I, I can remember when that person was critical of me or my message or my family or my children. I can remember that for, for my life. Yet I can't remember the numbers of times they've been gracious to me. You see, we seem to forget people's kindnesses. And as I read that story in Joseph in Genesis there, I thought, isn't that true? <laughs> I mean, Joseph interpreted the dream. Joseph comforted this man's mind and his heart. Joseph said, hey, when you, when you are restored, would you remember me? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, ah, ah, th thanks a lot, man. As soon as he got his position back, he forgot him. And the Bible says he didn't remember him for two years until <laughs> Pharaoh had a dream and needed an interpreter. And the butler said, hey, I know a guy who can help you, but in the process, he'll help me and make me look good. Sadly, that's the case with 
much of Christianity today. I sat down last night on this third point and just started to write down what things others have done for me. I mentioned parents, but my parents brought me into this world, amen? My father used to say, son, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Isn't that right? He had a good dad if he did that. My parents brought me into this world and they gave me a Christian home. And they gave me a place where I could grow up. I got married to a woman who stuck by me for 14 years and 11 months so far. Amen. I've been given three wonderful children. I've been given the ability to be a pastor. God has been good to me. And I need to thank God for what others have done for me. I started writing down, and I, I, I almost hesitate to do this because I know I'll forget so many. But this morning on the way in, Mark Tesmer comes in on one of the buses, and every, every Sunday morning he'll come in. He'll come in with a can of Mountain Dew because he knows I like it, and he'll just put it on, go into my office and put it on my desk. He doesn't have to do that, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for Sean Schilling who calls me every Friday night except when he calls after 10 to call for a ride to come out for Saturday prayer meeting. I'm thankful for Matt Vanetta and Jim Faulkner who come out every week and mow this church lawn for no money. All right? I tell them they're being rewarded in heaven. That's a good pastor does that, by the way. Your rewards are in heaven, my child. I'm thankful for Tim Kozlowski and Bob Uradel who go to the prison once a month and preach the gospel to those men who are behind bars. I'm thankful for Brother Bob Uradel and April Strick who every week come up and play our instruments. I was, I, I, I was talking to someone and I, I found out recently there's, there's a church in town that has to pay a piano player to come and play every Sunday for their services. We, 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 we are blessed. We're blessed. We have two people, a lady over here and a man over here who willingly give of their time and give of their efforts to do so. I'm thankful for our choir who sing every week, whether they're prepared or not. Amen. I'm thankful for my father who leads the songs and does a wonderful job. And I know he grates some of you the wrong way. Amen. He chooses those Catholic songs with the sevenfold amen at the end. And he stops in the middle of the song and he criticizes how loud we're not singing. Amen. But yet he does a good job and he, he prepares every week for that. I'm thankful for Brother Mel Ferris who last week when our septic got backed up took care of it before I had to. Amen. You ever dealt with our church's septic? That's it awful job. I'm thankful for Brother Bob Kotke, an 85-year-old man who comes out on Friday nights to participate in our Reformers Unanimous to, 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 to just be a blessing. Bob Kotke's been saved for 50-some years. He doesn't need to come to Reformers Unanimous. He lives a real good Christian life. He's got it figured out, and yet he comes out and he puts himself on a level where, hey, I still need to serve God better. Praise God for it. I'm thankful for Robin Bontrager and the Moors who come out every week and clean the upstairs bathrooms and the auditoriums and the foyer without it being paid a cent. I'm thankful for Jim Elliott and Mary Elliott who clean the fellowship hall as needed. I'm thankful for Tara Veneta who keeps the kitchen and the cleaning supplies stocked. I'm thankful for a couple of young people. You know, this, this, the last eight months here we've had three weddings. I've been able to perform three marriages. And I'm so thankful that none of them moved in together and shacked up like the world does so that they could please the Lord first, but also so this pastor could perform the ceremony. I'm so appreciative of that. I'm so thankful for that. We, we have a world today that tells everybody, just do it the way you want. Do it wrong. But I'm thankful for some young people who said, no, we'll try to do it right. I'm thankful for Mike Johnson and Sean Schilling, Barb Ming and Eileen Parkers who go down into our local jail and hold a Bible study on a weekly basis. 
I'm thankful for Roger and, and Carol Starrett and for Judy Dow who come in and just dump candy for the kids to give out. And in the process, I eat a little bit too. I'm thankful for the listeners who take our church pictures. And, 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 and every time they do it, they get what's left over that day, which ain't much as far as food is concerned. I'm thankful for Roger and Stephanie Timmerman and for Don Leppert who take care of our fellowships. I'm thankful for Jesse Byers and Leo Gerlock and Brother Payne who sit upstairs and run our PA and are just criticized by the pastor. I, I'm thankful for, for the ladies who every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, they, they, they work in our church nursery. And if there's a thankless job in this church, it is the church nursery. Do you understand that those kids are, are, are ornery because mama's not there anymore? They're snotty-nosed because that's every little child. They fill their diapers and they do all sorts of ungodly things. And yet there are ladies who will sit patiently back there and will hold them, who will rock them, who will help them, and wait till mama comes back to pick them up from there. I'm thankful for that. And folks, it's time that we just stop for a moment before we tear the people down around us. And, and, and I'm not saying that you don't deal with problems. And I'm not saying that you don't deal with issues. But maybe before we assassinate their character, we ought to just stop and sit for a moment and say, you know what? That person has done a lot for me. That person has done a lot for this church through the years. And I just need to sit down and I need to be thankful for what they have done before I tear them apart. Well, how dare they sit in my seat? Really, that's the end all. They, they parked in my spot. That's what really matters. Well, they, they cut in front of me to shake the pastor's hand on the way out of the auditorium so they could leave first and get a better seat at coaches. <laughs> Folks, you know I'm joking, but at the same time, I'm getting pretty close to home on some of this stuff. And we'll jump all over them. And we'll get all frustrated. And what we ought to do is, you know, say, hey... <laughs> I'm thankful for what they've done. I'm thankful for the time they invested. I'm thankful, you know, folks, and again, I, last night I just, I just sat there and I, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote about my life personally. I, I could tell, and I, I know people who have done kind things for me, they've asked me not to say that, and I would not do that publicly because you've asked me to, but people through the years have been gracious to me and to my wife and to my children, and they've been kind to us, and I praise God for that, and I'm going to tell you something, God forbid if I forget their kindness to me and remember their slights or their insults. What we need is an old-fashioned revival of just being thankful. Folks, we have simply forgotten to say and to feel a spirit of thankfulness. Could I challenge you today? Could we kill the bitterness that lies within our own hearts? Some of us have a root of bitterness that has sprung up. And it's sprung up towards, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a sister, maybe it's a pa some parents. Some of us have, have a root of bitterness between brothers and sisters in Christ. Could we let that root of bitterness die within? You say, well, well, they hurt me, I know, but you're supposed to forgive them and to let it go. You say, but, but, but in the past, they, I, I know, but there's a root of bitterness within you. I'm not talking about the problem. I'm not talking about the issue. I'm talking about the root of bitterness that is settled within your heart and just absolutely corrupts the way that you think when that person is around. May we today kill the bitterness that lies within our own hearts. May we end the feuds that exist between us. 
whether the other person knows it or not. Amen? You ever had a feud with someone and they didn't even know you were feuding with them? Yeah? We've all done that a couple times. That other guy didn't even know you were mad at him, fella. Oh, I'm offended. I'm offended and I'm going to prove it to him. Try talking to him first. At least tell him you're feuding with him. But folks, may we just purpose in our heart to decide to be a person that is thankful. Thankful to God for Christ and for what he's done for us. Can I say this day, if you purpose to be thankful for that one alone, you won't get off of that for a couple days. You go home and you start writing down the things God's done in your life. The things God's delivered you from. The things God has blessed you with. The things God has taken care of. You'll be amazed. We sing that song in church from time to time. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I challenge some of us to go home. I challenge all of us today to go home and do that. And then be thankful for those around us. And if you've got family and friends in your life, be thankful for them. Man, folks, today, you've got a church family around you. Be thankful for them. And lastly, be thankful not for what people are doing presently for you, but be thankful for what others have done. What others have done. We forget too quickly the kindness of others. You know, that, that person led me to Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, that church brought food to me when I didn't have any. Hey, they visited me when I didn't think anybody else cared. Hey, that, that Sunday school teacher, they taught my child the Bible. Why don't we remember the things others have done? My friend today, I just want to challenge you, and I'm out of time, but I want to challenge you with a spirit of thankfulness. The Apostle Paul said, hey, he said, I thank my God for you. I thank God for you, brother. Man, I thank God for you, sister. I thank God for you, family. I thank God for you, child. I thank God for you. Man, wouldn't that be a blessing to hear today on the way home? A uh, 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 husband, you look over and you say to your wife, honey, I'm thankful that God gave me you. I mean, she'll say, well, pastor just told you to say that. That's why you did. Well, wait till next week. Okay, wait till next week and spring it on her. But wouldn't that be something? My friend today, let's be thankful. Let's just determine to have a thankful spirit. I, we can, I can get up here and complain. I can criticize. I'm good at it. <laughs> we, had, we had a class a couple years ago, and, and we were taking a, a financial, financial that is something, it, it, teaching us how to control our finances, and we all need to do that. But one of the things was is if you could do anything with your life other than what you're doing right now, what would it be? You know what mine is? I'd love to be a career counselor because I love to tell people what's wrong with them. <laughs> I do. That's my human nature. Man, I just love to say, oh, that's wrong with you, that's wrong with you. No, it's not, that's wrong with you too, amen? I mean, uh, you're proud, you're arrogant, you don't want to admit I'm right. I mean, I, I, that, that's what I'd do if I was allowed. Because by nature, I'm critical. But God says you ought to have a spirit of thankfulness. You ought to appreciate them. And my friend today, 
Which man am I more like? Am I like Paul who looked out and said, I'm thankful for you? Or am I like the chief butler who said, ah, <laughs> forget about that guy. I'm back where I need to be. I'm on top again. My friend, I pray that we desire to be as Paul was. And I say, hey, I'm thankful for you, fella. I'm thankful for you, lady. I appreciate what you've done. Let's go and stand to our feet. My friend, this morning, I, I did not talk a great deal of salvation. But my friend, if you are in here today, and you do not know for sure that heaven is your home, God's word tells you you can be sure. And I would beg you, don't, don't walk out of this building without having that issue taken care of. Biggest issue in this life is preparing for the next. And my friend, make sure you're prepared. Make sure that you know for sure that that will be your home one day. My friend, you say, I, I do know Christ. I, I do have heaven. Could I ask you today, what's your spirit like? Do you have a spirit of thankfulness? Or my friend, do you forget? In a moment, the instruments are going to begin to play. If the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to the altar.